0: Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Today's chat, I'm super excited. It's part of the On Podcast Media Network, and in this episode, we're going to we're gonna be chatting about some things, the end of an era, if you will. Uh, Jason Howes and I are a couple of reflective renegades, and we're going to take a peek back in time here, because this is... Season four, episode 52. So that ends the fourth year of Well Played. But before we get there, Jason, can you introduce yourself for those new listeners to Well Played?
1: Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Michael. I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Jason Howes. I teach grade six here in Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And uh, yeah, I cannot believe it's been that many episodes. <laughs> it's that is bananas.
0: It is bananas is, is so true. So this is season four, episode 52. That's 208 episodes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's insane. And so this is four years of well-played five years of XP lap chat. And you've been a part of it all. So when I was like, who should be the guest on here? Your name was on the very, very, very short list. (laughs)
1: Well, that means a lot, man. It it has been that whole time, right? And I, I think that through that time, we've we've seen a lot of people that have stayed the course the whole way, but we've welcomed a lot of great people into that. And yeah, it, I mean, the community is such an exciting thing to be a part of right now.
0: It is. It's super fun. So we thought, Chase and I was like, let's uh, let's reflect back on these four years of well played, five years of XP LAP and kind of think. Uh, Talk through kind of the growth changes, the things that have like flourished and the things that got pruned out along the way. Uh, because gamification, if one thing is true, it is you throw a lot of stuff on that wall and see what see what sticks. You know, like totally.
1: What I always what... tell my kids that uh, that our game is always in beta, and we're always changing and and we're always improving, and it's it's never a polished finished product.
0: I think that is a like super good tip for anybody out there. That's just getting started is realize that here you're talking about two people that have been gamifying for a long time and it's still in beta. I mean, there's still things I'm introducing and a lot of it works really well due to the experience that we both have. And some things don't work really well at all. Sometimes it's like, Oh my gosh, that is game breaking. They would let them win too easily, or this is too powerful or this is, this is too slow. I mean I've introduced some things where it's like you'll collect this one time a unit and then if you get five of them and it's like, well that'll take them like three quarters of the year that's not that exciting right So like you know thinking through that pacing there's just a lot of things that go into a gamified class yeah and I think
1: I think over the years I've gotten, better at getting a gauge of that, but I still think there's times where, you know, like you mentioned the pacing. Uh, I'm not someone that likes to railroad my students in a a thing. I like giving choice. I like giving freedom to explore. Um, And sometimes they will do that forever when I really don't think there's anything to it uh, for a task that I've laid out. So yeah, sometimes the pace of things is, it, it takes me by surprise still.
0: Uh <laughs> it's so true. Like, I like the last line there. You know that takes me by surprise still. Because there are some times where I I introduce some things, and I like I said, I don't really know how it's going to work out. And sometimes the thing that I think small and is going to be a tiny tweak to the game ends up being this huge thing the kids love. And other yeah. times I think I'm rolling in this huge thing, and four kids do it. <laughs>
1: well and that just goes to show you that they drive the bus in this operation right like you can do all the planning you want but ultimately they are in control of, of of most of it you know they decide whether they're in or out and how it works and what they're attracted to in terms of the different mechanics you lay out and yeah if if you can put all of your heart into something but if they decide it flops i mean you're not going to do that the same way the next time you're going to tweak that so
0: hundred percent. So, speaking of which, uh, I'm gonna reflect back on something. So, I have tried over the years, so probably when Well Played started, I was toying with this idea of like a map. So on my wall, I had this giant map and then I had these little pins in it and I named these cities and, oh, I mean, it took me hours to like make this map, print it out, make it look cool. Mm -hmm come up with all the names and everything and then every location had like a bonus like activity thing that could happen like almost like an item or a power up Yeah. and and I remember going through the iterations of it like I wanted every kid to be able to choose where they were going to go and what town they were going to go to and I'm like oh my god that would take too long and then that becomes a bottleneck so then I was like oh let's make each guild or group decide so then there was only you know sixteen, eight, no 20 little pins on the thing. And then I'm like, well, that even took too long. So then it went down to like house, like where, where where's your class period want to be on this map? Like as if they were a traveling group. But (laughs) I never got the timing right on the traveling. So not only did I have to reduce down to like choice of class, but then also how far they could travel never really flushed out. Nonetheless, it's a hard mechanic to do. It is and so like eventually that morphed into some of those some of the people that follow me know that i have switched to sort of buildings and so like houses sort of build a building and that gives them like a house bonus but there is no real traveling and pre-corona what i did and i like this and i'm gonna bring it back when corona's over if that's ever a, a thing Uh, is each building had little spots for them to put their avatars. So now I did get the power of individual choice. Where are you putting yourself? Oh, I'm going to go to the blacksmith. And the blacksmith would have some sort of power up. They could like add BP to their items or something. So they would put themselves in an item there. And what I liked about this is it sort of shelved a bit of their power for a while if we had a boss battle in between and they're like oh my super sweet axe is at the blacksmith then you don't get to use your super sweet axe you know <laughs> I like, like that. Where... i don't
1: know that i have the uh, the concentration required to pull that off i would i would need a bookkeeper to keep track of whose stuff is where unless they self policed that stuff i i well they have to track. put
0: so they for the way that game mechanic worked cuz i am just like you in that I really want to streamline it so it uses the least amount of my mental energy (laughs) yes and so they definitely police what the buildings do because they're so excited to use it right when they're like oh like my thing goes up 20 bp and it's like yep you're probably right because you've been reading it for the last like week as you've waited for this thing to happen (laughs) uh but policing who's where and whatnot I made my kids make an avatar and put it in their item case. And when they want to go to a building, they literally take their avatar out and their item that they're going to use there and put them together and pin it. Oh, smart. Right up there. So I don't have to like, I don't remember where Jason is. Jason knows where Jason is. Cause it's got yeah. his avatar sitting well, there. And that's the thing you don't have to,
1: right? Like it's interesting. Cause I, I have not been following the in, ins and outs of realm of nobles. Uh, I love what you guys do, but I, I, I I feel like I know the early iterations of that, but I really haven't been tracking it. It's interesting how many parallels you're describing, because when we started with Age of Heroes, um, we had the same kind of thing, I had a massive map the kids had to they had the option once they got enough gold, because then you're finding out like, oh my gosh, they got so much gold. What are they ever gonna do with this? So I brought in uh, some dwarves that ran a shipyard and they could build some boats and then they could travel between them. And it was it was big, big, big. But it took forever, right? And so as as that kind of has gone on, my map has also condensed to like a small kind of harbor village. Um, and they really don't leave the village. There's a there's a shadow island just off the coast, but for the most part, like they stay put, they got their guild hall, they got the blacksmith, like you said. They've got, you know, different places they can visit when they're, you know, not on a separate quest, uh, per se. But it's yeah, that's like we streamlined in much the same way where everything we've taken the geography and just magnified it. A little and, and zoomed
0: in on our world i i mean if anybody's listening and if you figured it out like this world history <laughs> teacher would love the idea of like a map and places they could go but again the key ingredient though is it has to be streamlined so that it doesn't use a ton of my brain power in fact going back to my avatars to even make it that much cleaner that much simpler for me jason on all the buildings I should say on all their avatars. Their avatars had to have a. There was a spot on their avatar that they had to put this color. And all my houses have a denoted color. So when I'm working with the houses in Mar, and I look at all the buildings, I can quickly see like, oh, I have like five kids that I have to go do something to, you know. And I can like go up there and be like, oh, Jason's one of them, like mm-hmm. because I'm just looking for the yellow graphics up there because right I'm dealing with that class. So. That's a nice little tip, too, like color-coding things like that and then putting that splash of color on activities or yeah. places or bases or whatever. <clears throat> it just is one less thing for you to think about and worry about. But, man, would I love a map. I mean, like, there's just something about that.
1: I still use a, a good size map in the room just for aesthetics. But, uh, but yeah, it's it, – there's it, I mean, there's such, something so magical about – like a fantasy map. Um, right.
0: Like that. Old like map all of look. these
1: places. And I saw, so the other day I saw Will had posted uh, a map of his that had like hidden aspects of it. And I'm like, man, that lights me up too because I've never done that with my classroom. But as a, as a D&D dungeon master, like I totally don't reveal the whole dungeon to anyone right off the bat. If you haven't been there, you don't know what's there. And I love that he was doing that with his class too. Um, but yeah, there's just so much that you can do with a map that just brings like that immersive experience to to reality.
0: Yeah, uh I saw that he had these like question marks kind of all yeah. over his rooms. Think yeah, think much more like his was I think his was was it a map or was it like a... it, yes. I, think,
1: uh, I think it was a room that you had to clear. I think there was an enemy in a room.
0: That's it. But... Yeah, like you were inside a building and it was think like a clue yeah. board. And then like he's covered yeah. certain. So you don't necessarily know that's the library and what's going to yeah. be in there.
1: But it hits kids at the same, in the same place as that like concealed part of a map would. It's that edge of mystery that you don't know what is, what's back there. And like, yeah, I, and when we talk I, about, I like that. I've been thinking about that a lot.
0: Well, I, I love a bit of mystery. Uh, mystery for me is such a piece of what I do in my class. I, uh, I constantly don't want my kids. I always tell them, can you please like not talk about what happens in history class until I've had all the, all the classes because I don't want even like the little tiniest bit of mystery out there. Cause I like that. Like what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. And I don't know what's in that room. And if, if for example, one of my first period class clears that room, well then they could tell everyone it's the library and you face this boss. And right. It's, it's like, no, no, no like i want like i want them to come in with the same bit of mystery and i always try to play a little bit on their middle school competitiveness by telling them like you had to do this without any bit of knowledge why give your like competition any more knowledge than what you have so i definitely I do
1: exactly the same thing i i mean and and there's i don't i don't think that's us just gaming them either like true they they could break the game if they wanted to I think their drive to to be the best guild in the game is 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 bigger than that and and so yeah I've I've always leaned on that side of it of like uh, you don't want to give up your competitive uh, advantage that you've got here you know they're they're only going to best you if you give them the hints
0: that's right so looking back again being a little reflective over the years I don't remember what season it was in well played but i had jamie halsey on and i think it was my season two maybe three and she told me that she goes with this like deck mechanic where uh she just makes like a deck of items and when kids get an item they just get to like pull a card from the deck you know mm-hmm. and she has some neat little combos that they're trying to collect certain sets uh, and if you do then they come together and make a super powerful thing uh, I had done combos before, but this this deck idea sort of intrigued me. And so what I did was, and I still do it to this day, is when kids lose items because of a boss battle, because of some activity, or, or to be honest, even if they spend it. So even if it was a good thing, but they spent mm-hmm. it and it was a one-time use item, I just collect all these items. Collect, 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 collect. And then somewhere near second semester, they unlock this ability, and sometimes it's a building, like if we were pre-corona, now it's this other activity thing that happens. But you don't need to know that, but nonetheless, what it means is, <laughs> they unlock this ability to, I call it the shrine that they get to go to, and it's the shrine of fate. And here is all the used and lost items, and I just sort of mix it up like a deck, and say like, Jason, like you get this, uh, and and why we get to go to that shrine is up to you. So you get to be the gatekeeper of that. Like if it's something that happens often, if it's something that, you know, they have to like earn that ability. Uh, sometimes I've done it as a side quest payout that they'll like get an item from me and yeah. get the shrine of fate. But what's kind of cool about that is. It's a perfect distribution of rarity to commonality because obviously the thing that fills the deck up the most are those one-time use items that I gave out quite often or those early game items because when kids yes. lose an item from a boss I typically let them choose the item and they let they shed off those early items cuz they're at the time they were awesome like for example to put it in context <clears throat> my first unit they get these battle point items and the first battle point is worth five. But when no one has any battle points, that's amazing. Like you have this thing that no one else has. But like in our Rome unit that we're currently in right now, you can get a thousand point item. Like so so five is like nothing. Like it's ridiculous. Five is
1: is nothing.
0: It's nothing. No. So like when they lose an item in a battle, they'll like shut off that. So this deck gets filled with like kind of junk or very common items. But in there, there are some things like game breaking I only have one in the game but it's in here because somebody used it already maybe it'll get played twice this year if you get the lucky draw and you should see kids face light up when they get some of these like rare ones out of the deck
1: for us uh, that, that item would be the dragon's egg and so we have one dragon egg in the entire deck and it's an instant level up when you play it and so it's a, it's a huge thing for them um, in terms of that leaderboard, in, in terms of like climbing the, the ladder, like they, they love it. Um, and every time the items come out, um, you know, the whole class is like, dragon egg, dragon egg, dragon egg, and it's never the <laughs> dragon egg, but it, there's one in there. So theoretically it could be, um, but it's, it's definitely way more OP than what you're describing as those, those early items. Uh, we had a boss battle just a while ago, where uh, essentially they they had to. Um, I, I made them dive down to the bottom of the of the bay to basically retrieve a, a a rare coin that had been thrown, and then I attacked them with a big like fish, and so then it became a race to the surface, and the like the last guild to get to the surface lost an item and and stuff like that so it was it was the most frantic boss battle we've ever had even though no one was actually fighting the boss they were just trying to swim for their lives um but it was it was hilarious but yeah when they're when they're in a place where they have to jettison an, an item they're not picking the dragon egg no nope. they're, they're in the battle
0: axe or the something like that so yeah my my Rarest item in my game, I, I typically only give it out once a year, is in Hotep's level. And what it does is it takes your house, your whole class score, and makes it equal to the top house score. So, mm-hmm. like currently, right now, our last place team is losing by like 35,000 points, which Is a sizable amount like they can definitely make it up by when we have enough of the year that I've seen that that low still win, but like they could play one card and just be tied with the top house right now. That's insane.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have anything that does that. That's if 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 you add (laughs) that one where they can go two levels up, but I I don't like two places up on the leaderboard. I don't have anything that would take them to the very top.
0: Well, but again, this is their house, not them individually. Oh, okay. So, like, I really try to honor the individual work. So, if Jason here it was in my class and you made it to the top of the leaderboard, no one could play a card and equal you. Yeah. But you know that you uh, – if you use my – spreadsheet there's a spot where you can kind of adjust house points which don't actually give the points to the kids themselves it just right. adds to the total of the house so that's where i'd be changing it so that jason would still be number one and the, the other kid wouldn't match him but their house would all of a sudden yeah. gain right up to that and if anybody out there wants to do this one little tip i would add is i put on the text on the item really fine print This expires at a random unknown time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When the kids always ask like, what is, well, you know, but cause kids always ask like, so could I just play this on the last day and hand in like a side quest at the same time and win? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to let you break a year long game. No. Like, would you, would you like that if they did that to you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, that's why it ends at a random time. And then all of a sudden, fear immediately takes him over. He's like, well, does it end like now? Well, no, it's only first quarter. Well, does it end next quarter? I can't tell you that. And they're like, should I use it now?
1: I think I should use it now. That's hilarious.
0: I, I, I love it. That is definitely something you know, people might want to add to their game, something like that. It's a fun, it's fun yeah. one. And it's also fun to have ultra rare items like that. It when, is when you can give out to students that that moment where it's like boom to get that one. It's on an adventure path for me, and it's an adventure path that's a little bit like a like a, a breakout, but it's like super complicated. It will take the whole unit. It's like a scavenger hunt almost. Yeah, and on that adventure path, I say that you're all in it. You don't have to like finish it. It's it's like a treasure hunt and. If somebody makes it to the end the rarest of rare items is in it and if no one gets it it doesn't break my game i don't need that item to be in the game so if everyone quits and no one gets there then okay so be it uh but to have this like ultra rare item like that have almost this like mythical like story around it because You know, kids have older brothers and sisters and they're like, oh, you got to get that item. It's super awesome.
1: Yeah. Have your items changed over the years? Like, I know my items definitely started much more basic. I had sort of the, the academic items to start with. Um, things like you know and I still use the ones like if they're doing a quiz they can write uh, basically a, as many cheat notes as they can fit on a small post-it and, and stuff like that but over the years my 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 items have become I don't know a lot more varied um, in terms of like the, the student experience and so some of them are just silly and some of them are like sabotage items and some of them like that's one area where over the years they've they've kind of completely morphed from what they were um, just because those are the you know you see which ones get the best response from the kids and I mean those are the ones you kind of make more variations of right
0: 100% if I've changed my items over time I definitely have the sort of number one reason I've changed my items is because I've added additional mechanics over time And when I've added those mechanics, they necessitate kind of an upgrade or overhaul of many of my items, because sometimes they interlock or work together. So, um, like for example, I added the rule, like my first year, they could never stack an item. So if you got three small swords, they'd have to be in three separate pockets. And then I added the idea that like, sometimes some items could be stackable, you could put them together. Well that eventually to streamline it, to make it as easy for people to understand, I came up with a graphic for stackable and I put it in the corner, but then like, Ooh, there might be items that I want them to be able to stack that were my old versions of items. So then like all of a sudden you had to kind of like wash over all your items and it, ah, it stinks when you do that, but yeah. it, it does make the game better. So I will say like, don't be afraid of having to redo some of your items. Uh because it can make a stronger better game uh but i've definitely had to rework like whole systems because of mechanics uh and now i'll tell you i have a strong desire to rework my items because in making of emc2 learning uh i decided for other people i wanted to help them make items so i came up with I think right now there's six different item templates you can use on the website Mm -hmm. and they're all cooler than the one I used. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, I'm like, Oh, but I'm up to like, I don't know. I probably have 200 some items. Yeah. So to like change all all altogether theme of my items, like that'd be a major overhaul. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So,
1: but I mean, you do have to have to think like you have to run that cost analysis uh, with your own time and think like, okay, is this manageable if I do it a little bit at a time, or is it is it just a terrible idea from the start? But I think we've all been there. I've mm-hmm. definitely changed the uh, the layout of my items um, just because I've I've started to use multiple currencies. Um, it used to be just all gold, but now you know certain items require a little bit of magic to use them. So that's going to cost you, you know, those points, and you're not going to buy that with gold. So
0: it's you, you had mentioned too, like starting items being very schooly. And I always tell the story of when I first started. Uh, when I when I go present and I tell them, you know, my my first three items were entirely schooly. Yeah. And uh, I think my first three was sort of you go back to your locker, late homework pass, and uh, kind of like you said, a, a 50-50 on a multiple choice question on a test. Okay. Those are my first three items I came up with. But just like you, as the game grew, so did the interest in the game. And, and that thick tapestry of the game. All of a sudden, kids, I don't want to say no one cares about those. There are still some kids that want those schooly items. Yeah. But by and large, kids really want the, the game-related ones. I mean, they're excited about the game. Certain kids want to have that BP. They want to have those battle points for when we have a boss battle. They look super buff. They're like the barbarian. They're like, I got all this <laughs> stuff. And kids are all like, yeah, like they're, they're here. They're, they're going to help us win. And then there's the kids that want to be top of the leaderboard. So they want all those things that affect you know like how much XP they get. And so they're mm-hmm. they're tuned into that. Other kids want to uh, like unlock some of the mysteries, so they're they're tuned into those things. Uh, and as you add mechanics, you actually give you widen the amount of possibilities for kids to sort of collect and and we, we we talk about those kids that like to achieve. Well, if you add different mechanics, there are actually multiple things they could achieve in. And then it becomes an interesting thought of what do I want to like go for because you as at most games if you try to like specialize in at all you just become an average sort of player and so for those achievers they have to like think through like do i want to be tons on the bp points do i want to be a gold machine do i want to be an xp machine right
1: and you have all of those in your classroom at all times right and i think that's one thing that i've definitely learned over the years is like that that i do have a number of different kinds of players in my game at all times and you know it's the experience that they want it's possible for all of them simultaneously you know if if the opportunities are there there's no reason why someone that's drawn to a game because like you said you want the 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 riches and and stuff like that. They shouldn't have the the same kind of positive experience as someone that is more explorative in their in their gameplay, or someone that's more uh, like the the griefer that's just going to try to make life miserable for everyone else. They should all have what they want,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. One thing that has changed over time for me, for sure, like right up to this year, has been me fully leaning in, and in fact, I might even say that I'm not fully there yet, but leaning in to allowing the game to, how do I say this? If somebody was good at playing the game Realm of Nobles, they, they could succeed on a different trajectory than you could in school. I think my first year, there was all these game elements my first year But it was still sort of paired to that sort of same track of school. Like if you do well, you'll do well. And if you don't try, then you won't do well, right? And over the years, I've turned the dial up. Maybe it's the game player in me, but it's like, you know, if you did this right combination – you could sort of break the game, but not break the game. You know what I mean? Like it was it was a controlled yeah. design where if like Jason figured out, if he played this, this, and this, he'd get like a 5,000 point bonus, which would like skyrocket him. Now what I did, just so that all of you out there that are going to be like, that seems rude, I made sure that the like game strategy to sort of catch up still necessitated them doing work. So it wasn't like they found something on the ground and it's like, I'm in first now. But I love it that like this year we've had some kids who were kind of on the bottom third of the leaderboard and people were just kind of like, well, I mean, cool. They might start playing and they might get up to the middle of the leaderboard, but who cares? And all of a sudden they find themselves in 12th place and the people in 10th place is like, how did Jason get up there? And it's like, Jason, Jason figured some stuff out. I can't tell you. It's like that trending line in Kahoot, right? When you see someone
1: that's got the fire beside them, it's like, oh man, they're a little ways back, but that's someone I need to watch for, right? And uh, I, I always, I'm with you, I love to celebrate the strategy side of things. I have a student in my class this year, and uh, I think you and I both kind of, they they have to um, request access to side quests. Mm-hmm. And and so this kid in my class, he's he's submitting all of these requests, but I'm not getting any side quests back. And I was like, dude, like, are you going to do these things? Like you keep asking for for stuff, but I haven't received any of the others. He's like, I'm working on it. Well, right before the break um, in like our winter break, he drops 24 side quests uh, and like it was just gangster of him. And like, it was the most amazing (laughs) thing. And he knew exactly what was happening, but everyone else in the class was like, what? What just can he do that? That's great, cr- but he did the work. Um, but it was—he was just so strategic with how he laid it out. He didn't want to do the death by paper cuts. He wanted a bloodletting uh, when he opened up those side quests. It was amazing. It was a great, great moment. That's a, thats
0: a bit of patience too that you don't often see. Oh my god! It, it, I mean, he worked on that for four months. That's crazy. Well, Jason, I can't believe it, but we're already at that time. It uh, always goes fast. Which you could argue this reflection time was the entire episode, but we actually still have a <laughs> quote here. Uh, and you ready for it? I think so. This one's by the internet. Always, always a good one. Uh, I like that guy. Life is only a reflection of what we allow ourselves to see.
1: Life is only a reflection of what we allow ourselves to see. Um, Internet's deep. For me, for me, this kind of plays into that uh, suspension of disbelief uh, for the kids, right? Like I think about what we do as gamified teachers um, and we, we create these worlds for kids and they're still doing school, but we're putting them in this scenario where it's like, I guess we're doing this now and I'm this kind of player and Ultimately, they have to believe it. They have to see it. And if they if they grant us that privilege of working with them and they're being willing to see that with us, um, I think that's our whole universe right there.
0: Uh, I'm with you. I'm going to say that for me, this quote, life is a reflection of what we allow ourselves to see. I'm going to take the teacher angle as I'm trying to get more teachers to sort of embrace this idea I think we often, when presented with a new pedagogy, a new challenge, a new activity, a new, a new way of doing something, it's natural for us to sort of look at ourselves, look at the past selves and say, well, that won't work because we're, we're only allowing ourselves to see what we have done, not what we could do. And once you do it, it then becomes something you can see in your rearview mirror, right? You can reflect much like this whole episode. We're able to look back on those triumphs and a bit of those sorrows, but we learn from it all. And once it's in our rearview mirror, we can always look back and see it. But until then, you can always say something's not going to work because it's not a reflection. You can't see it. So right on uh jason thank you so much for being part of today's episode i always i always love chatting with you about absolutely my pleasure and everyone else thank you so much for being part of the well-played community hopefully uh we see you on xp lap uh on tuesday nights at nine check out my youtube channel check out emc2learning.com we'd love to have you part of that crew as well uh everyone have a good week and play on.